Great to see you this morning, church. We've already had church, haven't we? Amen. Amen. Anytime you start off a service with baptism, uh, it's the, the best way, I believe, to start off a worship service. And so we've already had church this morning, but uh, look, look forward to uh, sharing in the Lord's Supper with you here in, uh, in just a moment. Um, I always like, before we take the Lord's Supper, I, I always like to just take a little bit of time Get into God's Word and uh, just prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper. Um, the Lord's Supper was given to us so that we might especially remember the sacrifice of Christ. Now, certainly every time we gather, um, we, we ought to be reflecting upon that sacrifice, but... The Lord's Supper is an extra special time where we, we focus and center our hearts and our minds upon the price that was paid to forgive us from our sins. And so as we gather this morning, that's what we're here to do, is to especially focus on the cross, especially focus on the price that was paid for our sins. Um, part of the goal of the Lord's Supper, I believe, the aim of the Lord's Supper is to increase our awareness of and increase our gratitude, increase our thanksgiving for that price that was paid. Um, have, you ever, have you ever had your appreciation level increased for someone because of maybe some great sacrifice that they made for you? I'd say all of us would probably nod and say, yeah, our, our appreciation for someone uh, has increased at a time because they paid such a price for us. Maybe they sacrificed so much to show their love for us. Author Roy Smith, who grew up in Kansas when times were very hard, tells about how his parents scraped together money so that he could go to a small college there in his hometown. His father worked in a sawmill and he never made more than just a few uh, dollars a week at that time. Well, Roy got a big part in a college on a college debate team and uh, their first debate was coming up. It would put him on the school stage. And more than anything else, Roy wanted a new pair of shoes for this special moment in the spotlight. Well, he didn't know how they did it, but his parents found a way to buy him a brand new pair of shoes for that debate. And he recalls how it meant the world to him to not have to be wearing those torn and tattered shoes that he had on that big night. Well, it wasn't long after that that Roy's father passed away. And he says that when he and his mom went to gather his father's belongings at the sawmill where his father worked, that he noticed how worn and tattered his father's shoes were. Roy says he'll never forget standing there in those brand new shoes of his and just welling up with gratitude as he looked upon his father's old boots, boots that were tattered with holes from left to right and front to back. And Roy said he realized it wasn't he who needed the new shoes most. It was his father. And yet his father sacrificed and his father did without so that he could provide the best for his family. In a much, much 
greater way. Our Lord had to sacrifice Himself to pay for our sins. He was unjustly arrested. He was unfairly tried. He was mocked. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was crucified for us. Crucifixion was a method of slow and painful execution in which a victim was tied and nailed to a large wooden cross and left to hang there often several days from exhaustion and asphyxiation. It was thought to be invented by the Persians in 300 B.C., but it was really popularized and then perfected by the Romans in about 100 B.C. And there really are no words that a preacher has to be able to stand before a congregation and describe the pain of crucifixion. In fact, it's where the word excruciating came from is what one would suffer on the cross. It was the most painful death ever invented by man, and it was reserved for the most vicious of criminals. And yet, Jesus went there for us. The Bible teaches that he did not go there for his sins. He had none. Somebody say amen. He went there for me. And he went there for you. In John 19 and 30, the word of God records how Jesus on the cross said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Of all the words that Christ spoke on that cross, there are no more important or more poignant than these words. It is finished. Found only in the Gospel of John, the Greek word translated it is finished is tetelestai. It's an accounting term that means paid in full. And when Jesus uttered those words, he was declaring that the debt we owed God, that we owed the Father, was wiped away, that it was completely forgiven, forever forgiven. And, and those three simple words were the most powerful and the most precious words ever spoken, which, which, which detailed and described the most powerful and most precious work ever performed upon earth. And the Bible just calls us over and over and over again to rejoice and to lift up praise to the Lord as we reflect upon this unfathomable price that Jesus paid to free us from our sins. If you have a Bible with you, a um, couple of places that we're going to look, just, just briefly, as we look at the subject of redemption and how we've been redeemed, as we prepare to take of this bread and of this cup, I want us to reflect upon redemption, that we've been redeemed this morning. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, Peter writes to the church, and he says to the church, to those bought by the blood, he says, and, and by the way, this, this will be on the screen for you as well if you happen to not have your Bible with you. It was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. Peter is reminding them that they were bought by something more precious than money. In church this morning, if I 
stand, uh, as I stand before you, I, I want to share my heart with you this morning that if God had laid down a million dollars to pay for my soul, it would speak volumes as to how much I matter and how much I should be thankful. And yet the Lord laid something down much more valuable than a million dollars. He laid down his own life and he gave his own blood to forgive us of our sins this morning. And Peter says, you've been bought with something more precious than money, more precious than silver and gold, nickels and dimes and dollars. You've been purchased by the blood of God himself who laid down his life for your sins. Look at that word redeemed in your Bible or on the screen here for you. The word redeemed means to buy out. To buy out. The term, in Bible days, the term was used specifically in reference to the purchase of a slave's freedom. The application of this term to Christ's death on the cross says a lot. By using the word redeem, God's telling us through his word that we were purchased by God from spiritual slavery. The good news that is for all of us in Christ that we're no longer doomed to live in bondage as a slave to sin. As we gather this morning, we gather as those who are free. We celebrate, we rejoice that a price has been paid, that our debt's forgiven, our souls are saved, our lives purchased. We were spiritual slaves. Now we've been set free. Somebody say, I'm free. I'm free. Titus 2 11 through 14 leads us to recognize and celebrate this freedom further. Titus 2, 11 through 14. Look at this. It'll be on the screen for you as well. Titus 2, 11 through 14 says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is our redemption is about being purchased by the blood of God and set free to live a new life. That means that we don't have to limp around and wallow in sin anymore because we are free. It means we don't have to run on empty anymore because we are free. It means we don't simply have to exist. We can live because we are free. Although we may be broken we can be fixed. Somebody say amen. The pieces of our life as former spiritual slaves can be put back together in Jesus because we're free and we belong to a new master, a master unlike sin who loves us and wants the best for our life. For Christmas um, this past year, our kids got something, it's called, the, it's called a crayon factory. And, and what it is, it's pretty much a, a broken crayon transformation kit. And they got it from my, uh, my mother, their, their nanny. And I remember when they opened 
this gift thinking, I am going to have so much fun with this, right? You ever do that as parents, huh? And, and what, what it is, is you take, you can take broken crayons, and uh, we've got an image of broken crayons up there for you this morning. You can take broken crayons, and you just trim off the paper part of the crayons, and then you put them in this contraption. Let's go to the next slide. We were doing this last night, by the way. You put them in this contraption, that small tube there at the top. You drop several crayons into that and push the yellow button and these broken crayons that many times, I don't know about you, but I don't like to use broken crayons. How many of you would rather use a full new crayon than a broken crayon? Let me see your hands. Oh, you're like, okay, you're like me. I want the new fresh crayon. I don't want to use a broken crayon. I may throw a broken crayon away. I've been known to do that. Somebody say amen. Yeah. But you take these broken crayons and you melt them down. It's the coolest thing in the world watching crayons melt and drip down in a compartment, a mold. And then when the mold cools off, and I don't know how well you'll be able to see this. Look at what you get there, huh? What do y'all think about that, huh? That's the end product. You can see the heart there with legs probably better than anything. Uh, that there at the top. Uh, it looks like a duck, but it's a dog, <laughs> all right? Uh, <laughs> I should have just told you it was a duck. That would have been more impressive, right? Uh, that is a dog, uh, meant to be a golden retriever, but we had some red residue still left in there. So anyway, and then on the bottom right, that is a uh, real fancy purple sports car is, is what that is. And that came out of those broken crayons. And um, we do have them for sale out in the lobby this morning. <laughs> All proceeds go to missions, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do not quote me on that, right? Um, coolest thing in the world. But the first time we played with this, and this is just how preachers think, all right? I, I said to myself, there's a sermon in this, huh? Because when, when we come to the Lord, and for so many of us, this is our testimony, when we come to the Lord, we, we often come broken. We, we often come feeling less than complete or less than whole. And, and we may at times feel like we're worthy of the trash. We, we may come broken, but the gospel and the good news that we celebrate this morning is that God takes broken things and repurposes them for his glory. Amen? And so as we come this morning, maybe you come broken. You, you may come feeling like trash, but I just want to remind us that in God's eyes, uh, he takes what feels like trash and reveals that it's treasure in his hand. And he does some really cool stuff out of broken crayons. Amen? And so this morning, uh, as you come to the Lord's table, and again, as Brother Bob mentioned, um, we invite all believers to come and to, to, to take of communion, to take of the Lord's Supper, whether you're a member 
of Second Baptist or not. We believe that this table does not belong to Second Baptist Church. It belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, we invite you to come. Uh, come. Come as you are. Uh, come as you are. Uh, come broken. Maybe come hurting. Uh, maybe come confused. But, but in Christ, in Christ, come for answers and for healing and for wholeness. And be reminded that God takes broken things and he does some pretty cool stuff with them when they're put in his hands. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we, uh, we, we love you and we know that we love you because you first loved us. God, as we come to the table this morning and as we take of the bread and of the cup and as we're reminded of your body and as we're reminded of your blood, God, I just I pray that we would, we would find healing and God, I pray that we would find restoration. I pray that we would find, uh, Lord, that you're taking the broken things in our life and you're you're making new stuff, Lord. That you're being glorified and honored by what you can do when we take the broken pieces of our life and put them into your hands. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would be with us now as we enter into a time of examination. A time where, um, Lord, we're just going to sing. We're going to worship. Lord, some of us, are. we're going to pray. We're going to confess sin. We're going to repent. Some of us may come forward and, and uh, just pray here at the front. But this is a time, Lord, when we want to just ask you to purify our hearts and to help us repent of sin that's keeping us from being all that you want us to be. And Lord, Holy Spirit, we pray in this moment that you would convince us all that sin does not satisfy and that your way is best. And that, God, we have to continually be pulled to that awareness and to that reminder that your plan and your will is best. And may we be reminded how much you love us, that we need not doubt it because you've gone to the cross and you've suffered and you've bled and you've died for our sins. But Lord, the good news this morning is the tomb is empty. And Jesus, you live. And you're here now because you're alive to minister to hearts that just say, yes, Jesus. May we say, yes, Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. This is a time we're entering to, entering to now where we recognize that the Word of God calls upon us to examine our hearts. And so um, at this time, uh, Brother Brian and team are just going to lead us in a time of worship, a time of prayer. Um, I think it would be beautiful to see some folks that might even be down here at the front praying. Uh, you don't have to. You can do that where you're at. But it's just an examination time. It's just time for us to examine our hearts. It would be a time for you to respond to the Word of God. If you're lost and need to be saved, this would be a time. Um, but this is an examination time, a time of worship a time to say, Lord, I give you my sin. Here's my sin. I'm, I'm aware of what it is. I give it to you. Cleanse me. Wash me. I want to take this supper honoring you with my life. And so 
uh, here, here's my sin. So we're going to stand, I believe. Is that right, Brother Brian? We're going to sing. Would you worship? Would you give him praise? Would you pray as we stand and prepare our hearts for his supper?